Gather round. It's time to pick the draft order. So, this is how we're going to do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is your... on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. <laughs> but that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Welcome to DFT, Dynasty Football Talk Podcast with my guys, Paul Edgington and Derek Cook. Let's get it. Welcome in. I am your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host, as always, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing on this fine Sunday afternoon? I'm not doing too bad. Just uh, trying to keep up with the slate of games right now, but doing pretty good. Full tummy, a couple alcohols deep, a little bit of Coca-Cola. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, except for the full tummy. I'm just ready for a midday nap after our meal and can't beat a homemade cherry coke with grenadine, in my opinion. My probably my favorite drink. I think I taught you something about grenadine. I hope it doesn't change your mind about it, but I agree with you. Coke and grenadine, mighty fine drink. It's very refreshing. But same thing, trying to keep up with the slate of games. We typically record Mondays during Monday Night Football, but unfortunately you've had some work schedule changes. That For right now, we're going to be recording Sundays during the games, trying to multitask a wee bit. But we did make it past the first slate and saw Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase light it up once again. My Bengal players look like they're back on track. I know Joe Burrow had just an absolutely elite game from a statistical standpoint and absolutely slaughtered the Falcons. Yeah, if only that uh, long boy touchdown would have went to Jamar Chase, man. That would have been, that been so great. cool. But, yeah, the Burrow and Chase connection's back. Um it's hard to say, or I shouldn't say it's hard to say, but I don't think there's a better QB wide receiver duo out there. I said on the show weeks and weeks ago they're my number one duo, and you told me I was wrong, damn it. The, no, sorry, sorry about wide, wide receiver, receiver duo. You're right. If T. Higgins ain't doing too hot. I rescind what I said. There you go. But, but yeah, no, Burrow to Chase is just chef's kiss. It's just money. Yes. I think yes. we're going to see some more teams go that route of, Getting, you know, it, it's similar situation to Rises, getting their young quarterbacks, top college option, bringing them in. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that, that people in the NFL front offices are seeing that it is actually meaningful, effective, things. there's something there. Right. I, I could see it being a trend, um, but let's not forget that Burrow was throwing to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and both of those guys are elite NFL wide receivers in their own right. Wide receiver one and two in Dynasty, and he was thrown to both of them in college. Yeah. Might yeah, not happen again. I don't see it happening to this magnitude. Yeah. But, like, maybe a second or third round pick coming in. Like I could possibly like some see that. OSU guys or something right now. Yeah, with how many they have out there. Yeah. But the fan in me, the Bengals fan, every week for DFS, DraftKings, and for FanDuel, I throw in a GPP and a cash lineup of a Burrow and Chase stack, and so far this year, it really hasn't done anything for me, but this week, at least on DraftKings, they combined for almost 80 points themselves, so that lineup's netting me a nice little profit so far, I think I'll continue that every week, because when they hit, 
God damn, do they hit. Yeah, that's the the bad thing about stacks is um, normally if the quarterback's doing bad, obviously the wide receiver can't do good. Um, but to win, I mean, stacks is the way to go. You win some, you lose some. Live and, buy, live and die by the stack. And I don't make them my main lineup every week, but every week I always make sure to get some exposure to them and specifically stack them just because, like this week, this could be the result and could be the biggest reason you come out with a profit in DFS. So didn't think it was a bad strategy to at least throw a couple dollars on them and see what happens. No, it's, it's never a bad strategy if you're just doing a couple dollar contests, you know. You take one or two bucks, turn to eight, ten bucks. It's never bad. Yeah, but on to some segments for this week. Didn't play in an injury segment given the time we were recording, but... Looks like, so far, DK Metcalf has a knee injury. Don't know how bad, of course, but he was rolled out. Brees Hall was injured and rolled out all within about five minutes or less. So that's not a good sign whatsoever. And then Amon Ra was uh, concussed. concussed. He he left. Um, I just, I feel like we're, there's been so many injuries this year. More so than normal, I feel like. And the concussions are just out of control. And I feel like last week wasn't so bad for injuries or even the week before, but now it's just, bam, here they come again. They come in handfuls. Yeah, especially concussions. It seemed like last week, or, yeah, last week, the week before, the aftermath of the whole Tua situation, that everyone was diagnosed with a concussion. I can't remember who it was last week, but it was, like, people making a big deal about it, about somebody getting hit. Was it, uh, wasn't Gino? No, it was Teddy Bridgewater. Yep, it was Bridgewater. Bridgewater, yeah. And the guy didn't look anywhere near concussed. And then I just saw recently, you know, between last week and, and today, there was a, uh, oh, who was it? It was an offensive lineman. He looked really, he looked concussed. I can't remember. But he was, like, wobbling back to the huddle. And they didn't even take a second look at him. To, oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. He was, was, it, was it Little? Greg, Greg Little. Greg Little? Yeah, I believe so. He was shaking off the cobwebs. And yeah. Doing the typical stuff, trying to shake it loose. And you could just tell that. Something was loose and it wasn't going back into place right away. Right. Nobody paid attention nobody, to him. Yeah, nobody did nothing about it. But so. hey, typical NFL. If you don't play quarterback, we don't give a fuck about you. Right. If you don't play a skill position, fuck you. No, you might be protecting that quarterback's ass, but hey, it don't matter to us. Get back out there, big boy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's we all know about the NFL. It's 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 fucking it's a joke, anyways. You know, Tom Brady gets a roughing the passer call for him when. What's the defender supposed to do? I mean, it, it's all crock of shit anyways. I'm just here for fantasy. Yeah, but injury-wise, we're seeing them pile up once again. Hopefully, prayers for DK and Breeze that it's not too serious and we don't see them missing any time or minimal time because that would be very unfortunate for both of them, especially Breeze with the way he's been playing last month. He's been looking like the favorite for offensive rookie of the year so far. Yeah, Breeze going out in... You said that he went to the medical tent and it was taken back to the locker room and ruled out within five minutes. I, I don't think that's should be telling. I think that's a serious one. Um, I, I don't know anything about DK's injury, but um, yeah, praise for everybody who's injured. But you know, DFS Brees was my favorite play over the past month. He's priced very cheaply, in my opinion, for what he's been doing. So he's someone I was always able to squeeze into my lineup comfortably and. Still get very good numbers out of him. It'd yeah. be very unfortunate if he has to miss the second half of the season. 
I absolutely agree. Um, uh, Brees Hall being out is a huge hit dynasty-wise, and currently I believe he is my running back three behind JT and Swift. Yeah, I have him as my RB2 just behind JT right now, so really hate to see that. With running backs, there seems to be fragile as it is. Shelf life is very short. So I'm missing the second half of your rookie season due to a knee injury, especially what we've seen with like the J.K. Dobbins torn ACL. Again, additional procedures having him back on the shelf. So hopefully that's not the case and just something small that needs no surgery, misses minimal time, and gets back out there, and hopefully he can still win that offensive rookie of the year for us. That would be nice, you know, like a, what do they call them, slight tears or whatever, or partial tears, and maybe just needs three or four weeks off to let it kind of heal and then come back and act like he didn't miss a beat. Yeah, well, that would be the best case scenario for him, truly. Knees are just scary, for, I mean, for anybody, frankly, but uh, particularly running backs. It seems like they get more and more complicated every season. Well, they they do, and I know that like ACL injuries and any major ligament in the knee, the surgeries have be, have come a long way. They used to be death sentences for running backs, and they aren't anymore. But I feel like we've seen a lot of guys get totally shredded knees. You know, ACL, PCL, LCL, meniscus. It's just it it it's crazy, man. I wish that among I don't wish that on anybody. Hopefully, it's not that serious. Yeah, but we'll move on from the dreadful injury segment that we did not think was going to pop up this week. And we'll move on to our usual trade trade segment. I was only able to complete one trade this week in all of my leagues, although it's one I was working on for about a week plus. Kind of mentioned on last show, me and the fellow were more than first round's worth of value apart, but somehow then two days later in the morning we came to to an agreement. So I shipped him this league. I'm a failed contender as of right now, and looks like I'm going to continue to fail. We'll start one running back, three wide receiver, and about five flexes. Tight end premium. I shipped him Jonathan Taylor, Darren Waller, a second-round pick in 23 for Kyle Pitts and A.J. Brown. And I do have Jalen Hurts to stack with A.J. Brown, so I felt really good about getting him. My wide receivers are... Not very good, to put it nicely. We've got Traylon Burks is probably my best one. Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson, Christian Watson. So they're not league winners, that's for sure. And I really, really needed a wide receiver one. When you when you talk about it that way, it's um, it's okay. Um, I know that you're stupid high on Kyle Pitts, so this is a, a good get for you because I think Darren Waller's value is going to continue to go down. Um, frankly, I don't think that I would want Darren Waller in any league right now. He's, you know, he was a contender piece, but I, I production-wise, I think he's kind of like a, you know, middle, low-end tight end one currently. Would you rather have Darren Waller or George Kittle from now going forward? Kittle. Kittle, then. Big gap, small gap, what are you thinking? No, I think it's small. Um... It would be a no-doubt big gap if Kittle could stay healthy. I think that's Kittle's biggest knock. If Kittle could stay healthy, I would have a hard time keeping him out of like a top-two tight end. Um, Darren Waller, my problem with him is that he's going to have to completely reinvent the way he plays once he loses a step and the athleticism you know, starts going a little bit. 
Um, I think he relies too, or I shouldn't say too, but he, he relies solely on his athletic ability to to do what he does. And right. I feel like that's going to be a severe hindrance when he hits that 31-year, 30, 31-year-old mark. Um, you might even be seeing it now. Yeah, I think he's 29 or 30. Yeah, so... And, again, no knock against Darren Waller. He probably still has three or four tight end one years left. But I'm not anywhere near as high as him as I was two years ago. Yeah, there'll be a little bit more George Kittle talk later once we go over the blockbuster trade that we almost never see in the NFL. But would you take Dallas Goddard over both of these players right now? Going forward, of course, dynasty-wise? Yes. Probably. Um, I feel like they're all producing in a similar range. Um, What entices me about Goddard is he's kind of finally living up to that higher expect. I mean, he was expected to blow up. I personally don't think he's, like, blown up, but I just love what Philly's doing in that offense. Um, Everybody's eating. I think right now he's looking to be more consistent than Kittle and Waller. Yes. That you can pick away when he's he's younger. Absolutely, and it's tied to a young quarterback on a, I'll say, the best offense out of the three teams. I'll give the nod to the Eagles. Best quarterback out of the three teams. So, I'm with you there. I would rather have Goddard over both of them, and who knows, in some leagues you might be able to get Goddard plus for Waller or Kittle, depending on how the other managers are feeling or feeling better in tight ends. Right. Um, No, absolutely, right now. Philly is the best. I mean, it's hard to not say that Philly is like a top three offense in the league. Obviously, the Raiders aren't there. They could be, say, along with the 49ers. Um, if Trey Lance comes back next year and lights it on fire, maybe. But that to me, the only... Uh, I have Kittle over Waller just slightly right now. Um, and then, yeah, Goddard over both of them. Um, I still... I wouldn't say value-wise you won this trade. Um, giving up Jonathan Taylor is a fucking lot. And you also gave up a 23-second, but at least you weren't giving up a first. But you got a top three, four dynasty wide receiver. Obviously, your dynasty tied in one. So you consolidated three pieces, got two back, and you know you gave up the best piece, and you could argue that you got back the second and third best piece in the deal. I don't, I don't think it's bad. I just... Value-wise, I don't think you necessarily won the trade, but it it, it fits your team. You had a, wide, a needed wide receiver and a tight end. Um, I don't know how your running backs were looking on that team, but hope, I mean, you, John, you sold Jonathan Taylor not necessarily at the right time, but he's not producing right now like he was expected to, so maybe you sold him a little low. But Yeah, on this team, again, let's start one running back. I have Saquon, Josh Jacobs, and Brian Robinson as my top three now. So I'm fairly comfortable with Saquon and Josh Jacobs rotating those two in and out for injuries and buys. Mostly only playing two running backs week to week. So that was most of the reason I was really comfortable giving up JT. I have running backs to cover that gap. Tight end wise, I really want Kyle Pitts as I always do. And starting to sour on Waddle a little bit and not looking like a playoff team at this point. I have no use for Waller, plus with him being injured, my backup tight end was Albert O, who seems to have just fallen off the face of the earth on the Broncos. And I tried to get a 23 first. I believe we talked about last show. 
tried to get a 23 first from the number two or three seed currently, and they wouldn't go for it whatsoever. And again, it would have been 110 to 112 range. And couldn't get that, so figured might as well move him for what I can at this point. And I was surprised this guy wanted him. He's a contender. And Kyle Pitts was his only viable tight end, but he hasn't been getting production from him this season anyway. So I was a little bit surprised when this guy wanted Darren Ballard. Made me extremely happy he wanted him. Now, putting, you know, bringing all that to the table, I think that you, you definitely made your team better. Um, obviously, the drop off from Jonathan Taylor to the other guys is, is dynasty wise, is is a good bit. But Saquon's holding it down pretty well. Um, so, I think it's a good, a good trade. And if Kyle Pitts ever fucking hits, it's a great trade. Yeah, unfortunately for me, just the wrong week to do it with the Eagles on by. So, I'm out there one quarterback in it. Well. I'll say half quarterback in it because Justin Fields is my other starter. So I don't don't really didn't help myself this week if I wanted to continue to be a contender. But kept my first, got younger, got my alpha at tight end and wide receiver. So the take just might be on, my friend. Saquon could be on the chopping block next. I mean, I would have sold. Yeah, I would sell Saquon as fast as you sold Jonathan Taylor. You might have a little bit harder time selling him because, you know, he's a little bit older and injury prone, maybe. But yeah, he's finally I mean, he's finally producing. He looks like, you know, rookie Saquon. So at least he's you've got that for you. Yeah, but with it being one RB, this was our fucking genius idea for leagues was scrap the second RB, add another flex, and run with three wide, and just one RB. We thought we found the next great fantasy lineup and I don't think we did. Unfortunately it tanks the value of running back significantly because guys are like, ah, I don't need it. As long as I got like a top twenty running back, I'm cool. And I think this one we do point two per carry, I believe, and there's of course uh, with my leagues there's always point five rushing first downs. So we added some scoring to still give them value scoring wise, but like you said, nope, I only need to start one, so I don't really care who I roll out there. Right, and they're they're willing to lose one game a year to bye weeks if they gotta, you know, have a shitty backup running back playing. So it, I mean, it is what it is. I definitely thought we thought definitely thought that we struck gold with that lineup, but it's looking like we didn't, unfortunately. Yeah, I think both of us we actually came away with the draft with a handful of running backs, which yeah, is completely opposite of what we created this lineup for. Right. Well, I thought that. I try not to do it, but like I was like, maybe I can pigeonhole the market a little bit and get better value out of these guys, since obviously they don't value them much because you only have to start one. But um, I, w- I don't think I did that on purpose, but I did do that nonetheless, and it's it's not working out for me. Well, we'll be fighting for that top draft spot this season. The way I'm about to take it, because with one running back, I think you've got some catching up doing that one though. Yeah, I think you're a good 34 games ahead of me right now because I started off 4-2. and two. Now I've went all the way down to what will be, what, 4-8 and eight after this week, I think, or 4-14. and 14. So it's quickly going the other direction. It's not going well for me because we also play a game against the league median, and I haven't beat the league median since I won my head-to-head matchup in week 2 or week 3. This is... Um... What what league is this one in? I'm uh, the AFL. 
damn it, I'm three and nine. I'm number, oh. I'm number eleven. I don't have as much catching up to do as I thought. I then. thought you did, but somehow I think I won my matchup in against the median last week. And for God damn it, I'm looking like I'm going to do it again this week. <coughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately, there's a gentleman that's 0 12. Oh, hello. He is going to beat his matchup in the league median. Let's go. Looks, looks like after this week, I'll be in the 102 hole. Only two games behind the 101. Saquon is now on the block as of right now. Mm, I'm changing the lineup. So, yeah. I've written in that. How does, how does Chuba Hover go out there and get me 16? Because he's the past. I told you to trade me Joe Burrow all season. You didn't listen. I have Joe Burrow. He put up 52. Yep, we do very robust quarterback scoring, so. Skymore got me minus two, and I'm still projected to win by, like, 80. Oh, that's terrible. That's what I'd like to see. Time to liquidate all my assets and get a hell of a hell of a lot of picks and young players. And with it being 1-1 one, one RB, I'd be perfectly fine with scooping up Jameer Gibbs or Bijan Robinson and getting rid of Saquon and Josh Jacobs and rotating B-Rob next season, you know? No, absolutely. Um, me personally in this league, and this is kind of we're going down a rabbit hole anyways, as long as I got one of the top three picks, I'm good. I'm obviously going to go quarterback. Yeah, because you don't, you, don't, you don't have a second quarterback, do you? Uh, or no, I do, but it's Kenny Pickett. Oh, uh, so yes. I got Burrow and Kenny Pickett. I didn't have a second quarterback for, I don't know, until, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Um, so there you go. I know for me, unfortunately. My other quarterback's Matt Corral, so... Yeah, so you only I have two. two quarterbacks. I have Malik Willis on this team, luckily. So hopefully, he's the starter next season. If he starts next season, Justin Bench is sorry. Oh, Justin Bench. Yes, Justin Fields will be on my bench. There you go. And then nice his name little, will be Justin Bench. Nice little play on words. Yeah, just yeah, Justin Bench. He he just doesn't seem like he's it. He didn't get a fair shake, but. It is what it is. We'll move on. Um, I do have a question for you. Maybe like a, you know, wh- which would you prefer? So, uh, late 23 first or Mike Williams? I think that's that's pretty close, I'd say, especially if you're a contender and it's your own first. But I think I'd rather have the first still, especially with Keenan Allen returning this week. You know, the ship's going to go back Keenan Allen's direction, and Mike Williams won't be the sole receiving option because Josh Palmer is let's face it he's just not it like everyone thought he might be or most people not everyone so I keep my first I think you could get something better than Mike Williams for a late 23 first and especially this week just the wrong time to be going after Mike Williams in my opinion now I'm totally in agreement with you um value wise it's probably very similar um but I sold all my Mike Williams shares last year, so I don't want him back. Sold um, him to me. There, there is a reason they resigned Mike Williams. Obviously, Palmer's not it, but yeah, I, I'm good on Mike Williams. I'll keep my my 23 first. Yeah, I'll just go back to the old Mike Will, up and down, up and down, and riding that roller coaster like Keenan Allen's over there, Mister Consistency, and Eckler's gonna do his thing. So yeah, he's he's very boom and bust. You love him when he booms, hate him when he busts. I for sure hold my 23 first and go look down some other avenues if 
you're looking for a receiver, you could really get better ones out there. Um, my biggest gripe is the the boom and bust shit, you know, up and down. And then he's, what's he, 28? I mean, he's... Yeah, he's not a spry chicken. You know, he's been if, around if he for was a while. 24, 23, I'd be a lot more enticed But being, you know, late 20s. And not saying 28's old by any means, but uh, give me the, the late 23 first where I can get a guy who's, you know, possibly very similar play style and seven, eight years younger. Absolutely. Very good. Valid point you made there. But again, the boom and bust. We're lineup guys. We're not best balls, so we're not here for the boom and bust. Although, yeah, if, it was, if it was best ball, it'd probably be a different story. At best ball, I'd probably ship that pick away and get him because right. he's going he's gonna to be go in your lineup more you often than not probably. Right. He's going to go out the there and randomly get you 30 points every once in a while. So, Which, yeah, Best ball, never been our thing. Never been my thing, but this upcoming season, I'm going to dive into the best ball world a little bit. You know, I'm following right behind you, riding them coattails. So I'm just going to do two to three leagues, at least one Debbie best ball. Just to see. Just to see what all the the hoopla is about. I right? see everyone saying. All the hype. Many, many different things. And for me, the most compelling is no lineup setting. So I'm not sitting here Sunday morning like I am every Sunday morning. and Doing those 10 plus star lineups. decisions. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that I've been more focused on DFS this year too than I have previously so spending more time trying to get those lineups perfected before lock and then I'm like oh shit there's another injury news let me go check my other leagues right yeah an injury a late injury scratch could really totally fuck you if you know it's an hour till game and you shit I'm I'm already on here on faded old draft kings I moved on tunnel vision so I'm gonna Try out best ball for the dynasty side. I do many, many redraft best ball leagues on underdog and fan duel, but never done the true best ball dynasty and got into it for more than a season. So I think I'm going to give that a go. Run the leagues myself. Most of the time I do. And see what all the hoopla is about and see if it's really that much better compared to a lineup league. Yeah, I mean, I'm down for something a little different. I'm... I've done one or two, same thing. Underdog, though you said? Was yep, it under- underdog. Underdog. I've yep. done like two redrafts on that. One I'm with you, and I think another did another one that was just completely random. Um, but redraft, it's, you draft it, set it, forget it, don't even care. Um, so a dynasty one might be cool because at least you can, you know, look to make trades, do, do a little bit more than just sit it and forget it. See, that's what I've seen a lot of people trying to sell best ball on is it's, all the fun of Dynasty without the time-consuming of setting your lineup or checking weather reports, those kind of little little details you do every week to set your lineup and make sure you're playing the best matchups you possibly can. You get all the fun of Dynasty trading, you know, talking shit with your league mates, all that, without the lineups. But I'm a traditionalist. I've been playing fantasy football since 2005, 2006. So I'm creeping up there on two decades of playing, and it's always been set your lineups, try to get any advantage you can, whether it's playing a guy that's playing in a dome versus an onslaught of rain or vice versa. So it's harder for me to convert the best ball when that's what I've been doing for almost 20 years. Plus, from what I've seen on Sleeper, which is our platform of choice that we will be playing best ball on, 
it's just a weird game day interface of trying to watch your score and if you're winning or losing or what you're projected to win by or lose by. It's just not the same as looking at someone else's lineup, comparing yours, and tracking your score that way. It's very, very different being best ball. No, absolutely. Um, I think I'm creeping up on a decade. I know you've got several years on me, um, fantasy football in general, over me. But for some reason, I'm thinking somewhere between 2010 and 2013 is about when I started. Um, Don't really know. Didn't really keep track back then. I was only in like one or two leagues at max. But um, I'm also a traditionalist. To me, you take the skill out of it by not doing the start set decisions, which I think there's a argument to be made either way. Um, I, I get it. If, if you're in uh, portfolio leagues and you do 100 leagues, I can get why you want to do best ball. Because you're not taking 24 hours to set all your lineups. I, I can dig that. Um, if you're a guy like me and you have 10, 20 leagues... It's a lot it's, more manageable, but it's, it's manageable. It's time-consuming, don't get me wrong, but it's it's manageable. Does does it suck sometimes? Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we're in it to have fun and make some money and hopefully make money. So, you know, it's, it's what we've always done is traditionalist. Um, well, then I, there's the whole other backward strategy a lot of people go with that they don't like studs, they like depth. In best ball, where it's lineup, most people like studs over the depth. It's just very ass backwards in a lot of aspects that we haven't experienced, and it just goes against what we're used to. And yeah, it definitely goes against the grain of what we've done over the last 10, 15, 20 years, 100%. Um, and I didn't even think of, like, if you're watching it live and looking at your score, that you could have some drastic swings and not even realize it. Like you're like, oh, I'm projected to beat this guy by 20, and then all of a sudden now you're down by 50 because, you know, his QB two went out there and or QB three went out there and had a hell of a game. You know, just anything went out there and scored 40 points. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I'm in the one of the Scott Fishbowl satellites that are on sleeper and they are best ball. And right now, John Smith's sitting in my super flex spot because I haven't had. Another quarterback play or player that's got that's even played at all and got more than zero points that didn't make my my lineup. So it's very, very strange of sitting there trying to watch it on game day and keep track of it. I did a best ball league on MFL that was ran by Eric Vanek, who does the America's Game podcast on the Destination Debbie feed. He runs guillotine every year, unfortunately. He loves MFL and I don't. Played in it last year because I've never done one, and it's a really fun concept. He did best ball, but it was on MFL, so I wasn't a fan of it. And same thing on there, just trying to figure out how many points I need on Monday night, or even how many points I need for this guy to even hit my lineup. It's just a lot different than just looking at two teams and seeing where you got the advantage in. Because best ball, you don't you don't know. Where the advantage is, in my opinion, until the scores are finalized. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, you can kind of see like a disparity a little bit, but I mean, at any given time, somebody can go out there and drop 20, 30 points. And like Matt Collins a few weeks ago dropped a 30 burger. At right. The replacement for Hunter Renfro. You're not starting Matt mm-hmm. Collins at lineup league? No, you just picked him up as pure depth if you picked him up. Mm-hmm. You know, just for like shits and giggles, that way your opponent can't have him and use him against you. I know. You probably weren't starting. I if you knew he was going to get 30, you would have. 
Exactly. And that week he was wide receiver three overall for PPR. Right. But best of all, you got to reap those benefits just for having him at the end of your bench, not doing anything for ever until now. And that's why I say it takes the skill out of start-sit decisions because obviously there's a skill here that, or, or something, has to be some has to be skill of those start-sit decisions to make you make up your mind based on XYZ and nobody in their right mind is going to pick up Hollins and start him over... I don't know, DeAndre Hopkins or uh, Devontae Adams or, you know what I mean? You're, you're just not starting well, you're, over, you're over anybody. All, you're always going with your studs. You ride and die by them. Right. In lineups. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, with everything else, you know, we, of course, started out as redraft like everyone, and I stumbled upon Dynasty about five, six years ago and pitched the idea to you, and you gave it a shot, and now we're almost strictly dynasty players we have I think two redraft leagues and that's it right now and those are going to be gone after the season for good and maybe oh, it's something for, for good now we'll, we'll see what happens but most likely for good it's just a pain in the ass going from almost all dynasty to picking up waivers every week making sure you're scouring the wire finding those gems or putting in a hefty bid on that new shiny running back that got the injured RB spot and it's just more time-consuming. Right. No, I I agree with you. Um, last year, I think we had complete reverse roles. Like, I was like, ooh, redraft. I like redraft. And then you were having a terrible year. And now, but this year up until now, it seemed like we had switched. You're like, oh, no, I'm doing good in redraft. And I'm like, I'm doing shit. And then I looked at my, because we only have two, I looked at my records. My one team is, is terrible, but the other one's like eight and three or something. Or eight and four, or nine and three. Because we play against the median, so... We have we can have odd number of wins right now, um, so I, I'm in the air. I, it doesn't matter to me if we do redraft or not, but I'm be perfectly fine without it. Yes, more time for DFS, especially if we have something else to not necessarily take its place, but something else to occupy our time. Mm-hmm. And it'll be still dynasty, so it'll, we won't have to do two separate things. I think that I would be more out to do the best ball dynasty than do a year redraft personally. And everyone says it's Dynasty without the lineup, without the hassle of lineup, so you still get all that fun. I guess we'll find out. My one thing has always been, since it is best ball, you're not really watching your lineup as we were talking about or your scores throughout game day. I kind of feel you, at least in my mind, the concept of it is it's best ball, lower management. You're not in the league as much compared to a lineup league. You're right, not so checking. You're, you'll have a lot less active of a league. I can... I can see that for sure because the only time you're checking your lineup is or checking the league is if you're setting your lineup or seeing if you won. Mm-hmm. Uh, hypothetically, I don't. I don't know. I'm not in any, but that's I could see that for sure. Right. You're just you're not going in there to check injury news or news on your players or weather or anything like that because you're not picking and choosing. You're just getting whoever has your best you're score. Not, right. So the lineup, the, with the lineup setting itself, really, there's no reason to even check the league. I would think. That's how I feel. That's my one biggest worry is I don't... I hate inactive leagues. Right. Or inactive owners that... Sorry, managers. How many leagues have we left because they were not active enough? It's just not fun. It's You got 12 guys, but only six are engaged. It's not fun. I enjoy the league chat aspect of it. Just shooting the shit with the shooting guys. Shooting the shit, talking the shit, the whole, everything the shit. Exactly. And I just feel like inherently with best ball... I know me personally just think of the concept you're not checking as much, so you're not as active, and 
there's a lot less going on. I mean, with not setting lineups, I would probably say that, you know, it's after Monday night's game, so maybe on Tuesday I'm going to check to see if I won, and mm-hmm. that's about it. So if you're in multiple best ball leagues, hit us up on Twitter at Gump7285 or D underscore K-O-C-H-9-3. Or it's the podcast page at DFT Podcast and let us know how your best ball leagues are going in terms of activity, if they're low, if they're high, if you feel there's really a difference compared to a lineup league. I'd love to hear from some more experienced best ball dynasty players and what they're seeing and get some feedback from them. Yeah, I'd love to know if we're absolutely wrong or if we're on the right track. I mean, the biggest thing that's keeping me from it, I'm, I'm you and I are both down to try anything new, but I don't want to be in an inactive league. Especially dynasty, you know, once you start it. It's supposed to be for the long haul, and when I, you just get an activity, it's, it sucks far, all the fun far. out of it. Right. I, I know everybody says the you know, look at Dynasty Leagues like three years, three to five years. Um, if it's a league that's inactive, I have a, I, I'm, I'm going to leave. I just Yeah, I've left money in league safe and on the table for the next manager plenty of times just because. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, the I league's not it's, active. It's not, to me, like if it's an inactive league, not fun, I can get two shits about the money. I, I mean, get, if get I got a... Badger you over and over via DM, league chat, trade offers just to get a response, or if I can't even get you to engage and negotiate and let me know where you're at on trade or certain players, there's no fun in it because I'm just throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. There's no fun in it, and then there's you're basically just wasting your time, so then what's the point? Exactly. I'd I rather, would rather waste my time doing something else that I'm enjoying, having fun, and getting responses at back. So Exactly. I'd rather... Wasteful money I paid and go buy into a new league that's going to be more enjoyable for me than waste my time in this one just because I'm already in it. Right. And just like everything fantasy dynasty related, it's always better to get out a year ahead than a year late. So that's get, true. Get the fuck out. We get out. I, but enough of the basketball rabbit hole and all that. Uh, CMC was traded to the 49ers for a handful of picks. So it was. I saw that, you know, the reports that the Panthers are looking at the trade. I didn't think it was going to come to fruition at all because it's the NFL. It almost never happens. Yeah, I feel like that news about trading was just released like a week ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like this happened quick. And they worked really quick to get rid of him, so they must have really wanted him gone. Yeah. I mean, what was it, a second, third, fourth, and fifth? Yeah, so not the best picks, but when you're talking for a running back... Who's 26 already. They can go out there and use that second or third and get another starting running back next year for cheap. Right. Not going to be a guy of CMC's caliber, but, you know, shelf life. CMC, you know, on... did He hadn't signed a second contract, has he? He did. Did he? Signed a pretty fat one. Okay. (coughs) So they get that, you know, off the books. Well, I mean, even better for Panthers. Panthers, and then they got four picks for him. So not not bad. No, definitely. It's not going to be dead money against them. No, no. Boost the 49ers uh, significantly, no, in my opinion. A, I think it's a great move for the Niners. Um, as long as he doesn't catch that combined CMC and 49ers injury bug that they both got going on. Yeah, um, it seems like every running back out there in San Francisco gets hurt. And maybe it's just the guys they've had. CMC probably fits that role also. But maybe Shanahan finally gets out of the fucking running back by committee scheme since CMC can do it all. Um, I'm... I think this is a way better situation for CMC. I think this drastically changes that from the offense. I'm, personally, I'm excited to see what they do with it. 
Yeah, I think that really kills the value of Jeff Wilson, who only has value when someone's hurt. Yeah. And also, I think it really, really puts a damper on Elijah Mitchell. Especially being injured. Yeah, you know, we all thought him coming back from injury, he'd get the drop back from Jeff Wilson and be good to go, but I don't think that's going to be the case. And what sucks for me, in my opinion, is Debo's rushing upside. I'm sure he'll still get a carry or two, but it won't be like it is now, I would imagine. And that just that sucks. I'm a big Debo guy, and I love having him on my team. For that aspect as well, he's going to get some rushes and four rushing touchdowns. So I think that pretty much puts an end to the wide back of Debo Samuel. No, absolutely. Um, it Elijah Mitchell gets hurt the worst here, obviously, because he loses his starting role to CMC. You don't make that trade for CMC if you're not going to start him. And the draft capital, what little draft capital he has. I mean, hell, they cut Trey Sermon after spending a third-round pick on him. Right, after a year. Elijah so, Mitchell keeps getting banged up. You could it could it could happen again. I mean, they spent a third round pick on Terry and Davis Price. He was pretty hyped up, and that hype's dead. I really like Jordan Mason, the undrafted guy. Mm-hmm. That hype's gone. I mean, just no, I kills mean, a just, lot of this kills that whole running back room besides CMC. And then it, I mean, Elijah Mitchell to me hurts the worst because he was the the favorite, the lead back, but. uh yeah, I mean, currently, Debo's upside for sure gets hurt because I mean, it, I, there at this point there would be no reason to rush Debo. No, not really. Because CMC can do everything Debo can from the backfield. I mean, right now there's about two minutes left in the third quarter of the Niners Chiefs game. Currently, Jeff Wilson and Christian McCaffrey both have seven carries, and McCaffrey has only had one target and one catch. Debo's had one carry. So, of course, we're not going to see his full usage this week with not practicing with the team. Yeah, on a short week for him on the new team. But I think they'll ramp up. Oh, yeah. I've, I played him in a couple of DFS lineups just to take the dart throw on him, even though he's highly priced. The Chiefs are giving up the most receiving yards to running backs. So I thought we would see more of him in the receiving game compared to getting the ball Almost ten times through three quarters. I didn't think he'd get that many carries. Yeah, I figured it'd be a little bit more of an inverse. I figured he'd be like seven or se- seven targets and like, you know, four, five carries. How do you think this affects George Kittle with, of course, McCaffrey coming in and taking some of the target share? I don't think it affects George Kittle all that much. I don't think taking as much of his target share will affect George Kittle as much as the running share taken away from Debo, personally. I can see that. I'm just not just not big on George Kittle anymore. Especially another you know, pass catching weapon coming in. I mean they only really use Debo, IU, Kittle, and sprinkle in some targets to some random receivers and running backs. Those targets gotta come from somewhere. And I think it'll probably be Kittle. He's such a great blocker, they're gonna bring him in more for blocking, I feel like, for McCaffrey. I mean it's entirely possible. Um you know, when Trey Lance gets back out there next year, obviously him and Brandon Ayuk have a had chemistry. Um, we'll see if that continues. But I could see Debo getting hurt worse on the receiving end than Kittle. Maybe, maybe. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Today won't be any indicator of what we're going to see. No. And also, with Jimmy G being the quarterback, it could be totally different next year. Yeah. This is true. We've been seeing some Odell Beckham 
we're, we're swirling around. I've seen the Chiefs, the Bills. I've seen the Packers pop up again, possibly the Ravens. Of course, the Rams, but they gave them a slap-in-the-face offer, pretty much. I don't see them going back there, especially with the way that team looks. Ooh, the Giants. I've seen them possibly going back to the Giants. So it seems like everybody's in on Odell right now. But I also saw that right now he's projected not to be healthy and able to play till December. Mm. So he's really looking at only contending teams. Right, playoff push type teams. So arguably, um, I don't think the Rams are going to be a playoff team. No, hell no. Um, don't think the Giants are going to be a playoff team. I guess. Gasp. It's the Eagles and Cowboys division, baby. Regardless, I don't think he goes there anyways. Um, yeah, unless he really wants to go back to that market. I mean, so realistically, yeah, like the Bills, Chiefs, was there anybody else you said? I saw the Ravens Packers. pop up, Packers. I don't see one of the Ravens. Um, maybe Packers. To me, it's, it's between Chiefs, Bills, Packers. Uh, personally, I would love to see him go to the Chiefs. They, Kelsey did restructure his contract recently, so they're going to go after something. Yeah. Um, the Bills, like, granted, it'd also be a good fit, but they already have weapons. You've got Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie, Gabe Davis. Where do you slide him in at, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And I don't think Odell's going to go to a team that he's not going to be a part the, of like the Like a bigger feature piece. Um, and he's not going to go there and play third fiddle to... Gabe Davis and, and Stephon, Stephon Diggs. Right. We know yeah. Stephon Diggs is going to be the one there. I would probably put Gabe above OBJ. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think he goes to the Bills. To me, the Chiefs makes the most sense. Um, he will be the wide receiver one there, but he probably he was not going to be the first receiving option because of Kelsey. Um, I think it makes the most sense, though, because I still think Patrick Mahomes is QB1. He's the most talented and lively arm in the league. I, I'd love to see OBJ on the Chiefs. I would love it because obviously Juju is not working out there. I concur. Give give OBJ to my guy Patty. See what else he can resurrect out of OBJ. Squeeze that orange one last time and get him another ring. And even though he shouldn't have the first ring, but that's another story for a different show. But I would love to see it. But they only cleared like four million dollars in cap yeah, space. It I was think. Like, yeah, restructuring. It was like three point five four or something. It was it was four or less. So, so I'm not sure what kind of contract they want to give him. But, again, if he's not playing he's until December. Coming, right. If you're coming in December, I mean, you're really only going to play in the playoffs. And when are you going to make a difference? Yeah. I mean, because you're talking a whole, basically a whole year off, um, you know, recovering. He's not going to come out there first game and light it up. Well, he's no so, spine chicken anymore. So no, He's also 27, 28. Um I think four million is not a bad deal, you know. Higher come in and play what? Not even come in and play three, five, four games, five games. Right, five regular season games at most, and if you're going to go to a playoff team, so at least one playoff game, so you're going to play six games or less, and get paid from the Chiefs. It looks about four million dollars. I don't see how you can turn that down. And Chiefs probably have the best odds. I well, not odds, but in my mind, they have the best chance over the Bills to win. Yeah. Even though the Bills just beat them, I get it. But the Chiefs are a different team come playoff time. No, I same thing. I don't want to agree with you, but yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. Um, they're 
my Super Bowl matchup right now is still the Eagles and the Chiefs, just as yours. Um, yeah, when it gets closer to playoff time, the Chiefs are just, just kicking up to a different gear. The Bills, I think, right now are, are like, they're not going to really, I don't think they get much better. Like, this is the Bills. This is what we're going to see. The Chiefs are going to get better still. They're going to figure more shit out. And uh, I'd be afraid of it. Give the Chiefs another six weeks, and I bet we'll be having this discussion and taking our victory laps. Um, Odell makes sense there. Uh, I concur with you on the Bills. I think they're about as good as they're going to get. The Chiefs have, I'd say, a decent bit of room on offense to improve. Defense can always improve, but it never does. The Bills, I think, they can only get healthier on defense. But the offense where it's at is what we're going to see the rest of the year. They're at their ceiling. But we are going to do a 2022 rookie redo draft as of this point in the season. Just going to do a quick two-round 22 rookie draft to see where values have changed from May when we did most of our rookie drafts till right now, week seven. So, Derek, I will give you the honors of the 101. I think this is no question. 101's got to be Brees Hall. Yeah, I don't think that's too big of a brain twister. So I'll come up at 102 and... Again, sorry, this is a super flex, PPR, tight end premium, pretty standard nowadays for Dynasty Leagues. They are standard. Whenever we talk about stuff, that's what we're going to be talking about is super flex, PPR, tight end premium. Yep. And then 102, I will take my guy, Drake Jersey London. Drake London. It can't go bad there. I love Drake London. He's uh, right now looking like the wide receiver one in this class. We'll see what J-Mo says about that come, come the time he gets healthy. Um, 103. We'll go back to the running back well. I'm going to go Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Yeah. A little I mean, bit a little bit surprising. Just a little bit. You think so? Who would you have taken there? Traylon? No, I would not. If you're putting me on the... I would actually take Chris Olave. That's, I would probably, that's, not, that's not a bad pick either. I'd probably take him over Kenneth Walker right now, to be honest. That's not a bad pick. Walker's finally seeing that workload. Get on the field. Recency bias, he's got me 18 points in one league, so I'm just riding that while I can. But Olave, I think right now is, uh, like, points-wise, like wide receiver 12, which is... Not knocking the pick. I mean, you can't go wrong with a young running back that's on a run-heavy Seattle Seahawks offense and will be for at least the next three, four years. But that brings me to 1-4. Chris Olave is who I'm going to take there. You know, it speaks for itself, like you said. Wide receiver one producing currently. He's turning a lot of heads and surprising a lot of people, me included. It's just something about the Saints. No matter what coach they have, what quarterback they have, their receivers are going to produce. <coughs> and if there's no Mike Thomas come next year, the year after, Alvin Kamara doesn't have too much time left. He looks like their future, and he's playing like it right now. Yeah, absolutely. That and... You know, me being the house state guy I am, I love, love me some Olave. Um, so, me at the 105, man, I would probably go George Pickens here. George Pickens? George Pickens. That is surprising. I, 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 I like me some George Pickens. I think he's a fucking dog. Um, I like him over Traylon Burks. I am super down on Burks personally. Um, Garrett Wilson... Looks okay. 
I could see the argument there. Um, Jameis Williams, I could also see the argument because he has the potential to be the wide receiver one in this class, but he's hurt. Um, outside of that, I mean, to me, the only option was Damian Pierce. Yeah, I am in my head. I'm trying to figure out where Damian Pierce, where I would actually take him. But I love Pickens as well. I thought you'd be going Garrett Wilson. And then, of course, J-Mo, everyone seems to be still infatuated with him to see what they're going to do, or sorry, what he's going to do coming into that pretty damn good Detroit Lions offense. So that'll put me back up at 106. You really, really got me here in a little bit of a pickle. I know you want to take Burks. I do want to take Burks. I still like him over Garrett Wilson. I still like him over J-Mo. But Damian Pierce is sitting there. He's played really well. But I think he keeps the job for the Texans through at least next season. I think he's got to, yeah. But then after that, who knows? So that'll lead me to Traylon Burks. I know a lot of people are still down on him or have become down on him, but I think he's still very talented. Normal rookie year, what we mostly see that we don't like to pay attention to. Some rookie struggles, now he's injured, unfortunately. But I think the talent is there, the game-breaking ability that he has. So I'll go ahead and take Traylon sixth and be happy with it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's a bad pick. He's uh, definitely fallen for me quite significantly. Um, I'm had he, I had him right neck and neck with Drake London. Um, I mean... As you can tell right now, he's our fourth wide receiver off the board, and I probably would have taken Garrett Wilson ahead of him and probably Jamison Williams. I am really down on him. Um, the talent's there, but the, your best ability is availability, and he is injured, and he has not produced this year. So, You're not wrong with any of the points you said, but what what's that damn saying? You always say the cream, cream rises rise to the yeah, top. It does, but his cream should have started rising now. It's sinking. Well, you can't rise if you got your wheels under you. No, you're, you're not wrong. Um, and he had a bad preseason. He had the asthma stuff going on and all that. And um, I'm holding out personally, like, my judgment, whether or not to keep making go down or rising back up until Malik gets his shot. So I'm I'm not holding against him heavily, but he's falling for me for sure. Um, I mean, Jamar Chase struggled. I'm not saying he's Jamar Chase or anything like that, but... We've seen it before. Rookies come in and struggle in the preseason for one way or one reason or another. It happens. I don't, I'm not one to write someone off just because the first, I mean, you know, I, first half of the rookie season. Right, and obviously this is just a we're just redrafting. You know, it's a, a yeah. redraft rookie mock. I'm not saying he's a bust. Yeah. You know, I I'd, I'd still take a chance on him. I still think. I'm not going to throw him away after a bad rookie season. I think the expectations for rookies coming in are absolutely unreal. So I'm just saying he slid for me. Um, I can see it. Here at 107, I mean, I think I've got to go Damian Pierce because that was my last pick who I was thinking about besides George Pickens. So if I can get him two picks later, fuck yeah, I'll take him. Same reason you said. He's obviously the, the guy this year. I think he's at least the guy next year. I don't so I don't I think his job's secure for you know the next two years. Um, we'll see what the Texans do, but right now he's like points wise, I think he's in like RB fourteen ish. Yeah, and what more could you ask for what fourth round pick he was or fifth? Right. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, I think here it just it's fucking great value. Well, I think I'll take what appears to be the value pick so far in Garrett Wilson. He's already had one breakout game, one very big game, so he's shown us the flashes of the talent that he has. So I'll go ahead and take him here as the eighth pick. Where are you going with the ninth pick? I think it's starting to get a little bit hairy. No, it is. Um, honestly, I'm thinking about taking the first quarterback. I think I'm going to take Kenny Pickett here. Normally in a super flex league, uh, quarterbacks would go quick. Obviously, I think that this quarterback class this year was not as high as years past. Uh, that probably would have been different had Malik Willis been taken you know, as a top 10 pick in the real draft. Um, but he wasn't. Kenny Pickett was first quarterback off the board. I think it sticks the same here. And he's starting now, so. Yeah, I can't really disagree with that. I probably still wouldn't pick him that high. But, again, it is super flex. If you can get a starting quarterback from our quote-unquote day one today going forward, got to take him. He's got weapons around him. He's in a competent organization. So And him and George Pickens seem to have, again, a rapport, good rapport. Um I think the Pittsburgh Steelers as an organization right now are in the dumpster fire, personally. Um, that old line sucks. Najee Harris isn't doing good. But Pickett can be that savior. Right. Maybe. Possibly. But 110, I'll end his misery and pick up J-Mo. That's a great pick. I wouldn't not see any of the receivers that I think is, are going to be better long-term than J-Mo. So I'll go ahead and snag him off the board. 111, my friend. No, I think your JMO pick is uh, is great personally. That's who I was personally picking between. Um, for me right now, I was thinking Pacheco, but I think I'm going to go Jahan Dotson. Not bad. I was considering him in my head, thinking about where he's going to land. But that's not bad. I saw him a couple of rookie drafts. He actually went late first, so... Right. Not too bad, but most I know that's not where he went. He went early to mid second. I think he's outproduced what people what people's expectations were. I mean, he started off really hot. Obviously, he's hurt now, but yeah, go ahead and take probably the first surprise of the draft. Take Alec Pierce, wide right. receiver for the Colts. I really like Alec Pierce. The, his biggest problem is who he's got throwing the ball. Yeah, um, he's growing on me. He's had pretty good last couple of weeks for. His standard, I think he's in a pretty good spot being next to Michael Pittman with JT running the ball. Like you said, it's just Matt Ryan problem. Hopefully they'll get a QB of the future yeah. to help him and Michael Pittman both grow even more. Yeah, he was one of my sleepers coming in this year personally. Um, I'm glad he's obviously to you getting some recognition. I've liked him for a little while now. Um, but you need to hit the nail on the head. The biggest problem is just who's stoning the ball. If they still had Carson Wentz, I think he'd be – be you know, a little bit different story. Yeah, right up there with, oh, I don't know. That probably would have been above Jamison Williams. The ceiling's pretty high from the looks of it. I think he has big playability as well, so that's Ab- always a plus. Yeah, absolutely. Well, at uh, 201, I think I'm going to do a little bit of a stretch and go Pacheco. That is a little bit of a stretch, but I don't mind it, or at least... I wouldn't have minded it before about 4.30 today, but he got the starting nod for the Chiefs and didn't do shit with it. No, he performed shitty, to say the least. Um, I think, what, he had four carries, 16 yards last time we looked. 
No touchdowns. Um, every league we play in, we do kick and punt return yards, so at least there's some breathing room there. I know that in standard scoring, he had like 1.2 when we looked, and then in our leagues, he had like 10, so maybe flex-worthy. Um, I'm hoping that this isn't just like a you know, a one-week flip, uh, put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it, CEH not being a starter. Hopefully this is something that will continue, and Pacheco goes out there and you know, puts on a better performance. Um, I think they're going to be that, that offense in general, though, is kind of gadgety. Week after week, it's hard to say who's going to get the touchdown. Yeah, it doesn't help going against the 49ers style defense in your first first start. start. So, does suck. I expected way more out of him. I mean, Clyde had a long run of 16, he had more yards on one run than Pacheco had on four. And he had a touchdown. Neither of them have been involved in the receiving game. That's been Jerick McKinnon's role today. Right. So I thought they named him the starter for a reason. They're going to use him and actually let him get some work in, but apparently not. And you just want to see what he would do against the stout defense. I don't know. Just need a scapegoat for this week. If we lose, it's because we started the world. Right. But I'm not mad about the pick there. I will take his teammate, Sky Moore. I'm still high on Sky Moore. He's had an absolute dog shit start to his rookie season. But a guy coming out of the MAC and going to the best all one of the best offenses in the league. You know, most people expected him to come in and be Produce a decent right part. But I've mostly thought he would be a year two play. Right. I didn't I'd have him a couple places and I did not draft him for this year. So the notion that he's bad, he's not gonna be anything, I'm not a believer in that. Then taking a year the fourteenth overall pick, I'd be happy to grab him. No, Sky Moore, I think, is great here. Um, person, I think in most of my rookie drafts, he was, yeah, middle, early, second pick, second round pick. Um, I don't want to piggyback off you, but everything you say, I concur with. I think he's one of them guys that is um, kind of like Traylon Burks, although he's available and Burks is not. But Just going to take a little bit to... Just get reacclimated to the game. You're coming from, like you said, uh, subpar conference, conference in college to the best offense in NFL football, arguably. Um, at least the best quarterback, in my opinion. So it's, yeah, it, you got to acclimate yourself. I don't, I don't think I think it's a great pick. I, I love Scott Moore. Got to get your sea legs under you and learn a playbook, learn a whole new style and everything like that. And sometimes it just takes a year or so. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I think that you're going to hate me on this one, but I am going to take Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson at the 15th overall pick. Yes, sir. That's it's a little interesting to me. So do you, are you a believer in B-Rob for the future in the next, say, two to three years, even if I, Antonio Gibson's still there? I think Antonio Gibson's time is coming to get the fuck out. I think that that... I think the Commanders have no faith in Tony Gibson. Um, I think that was put on display. I mean, not this week, but the week before when Brian Ramos went out there and had 100-plus yards as a touchdown. Um, Antonio Gibson, I could see him being, like a again, like a gadget guy going out there and just being used for PPR reasons. But I think the bulk of the work when they're running the ball is going to be strictly Brian Robinson. I think Gibson would be perfect, perfect for the Chiefs' offense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He's, I would love that. He's what we wanted CEH to be. Yeah, yeah. 
See that? Or what we wish CEH was. Yeah, I think Gibbs, Gibson would fit perfectly there. Another pass catcher. And I have a couple shares of Brian Robinson. I'm counting on him as a starter in two leagues. So I like him for this season at least. He'll be the hammer. Just jam it up the middle and get what he can get. And he'll fall into the end zone a few times for you. He's not going to lose your points by not thumbing the ball. That's true. He does know how to tuck that thing away pretty nicely. And with the RBs still on the board, it's probably the best available. I mean, the only one that I was thinking was, was it Algier? About the yeah. other one. But he hasn't... He hasn't shown it, no. even given the opportunity. At least Robinson, when he came back, first came back from getting shot, he went off. He boomed. Who could have expected that? Right. It's sort of Cinderella story. Well, I am going to go back to the wide receiver room. I'm actually going to take Wandell Robinson. I love that pick. Um... Extremely high on him. He's had he got hurt today. Not sure the severity of the injury yet, but the last this week and the week before, he's put up double digit games back to back weeks. He's a playmaker. He's he's what we wanted Rondell Moore to be to look more like in terms of production. And you know, Coach Brian Dayball planted his flag by drafting Rondell Wondell Robinson, even though Kadarius Tony was already there. Mm-hmm. I think that says a lot, especially when people are saying this guy's looking great as a coach, coach of the year. He's going to have a pretty good coaching career from what we've seen so far. So I'll go ahead and take that skill position player that he played his flag on early in the second round. Now, I completely concur with you. He's making Daniel Jones look like he's a competent quarterback again. Uh, granted, they have Saquon back also, but um, yeah, I love Wanda Robinson. He He's... What you, like you said, wanted Rondo Moore to be what you probably want Kadarius Tony to continue to be. Um, I think that's I think that's a great pick. I think that's great value. Um, now, me personally, what are we? Two o three now? Two o five? Yes, sir. Two o five. I'm gonna take Romeo Dobbs. Oh man, getting sniped at a mock draft. That doesn't feel good. Yeah, um, I think that. If Aaron Rodgers plans on having any success this season, that's going to be the guy. He's had a couple good games already. Um, he's outperformed the guy that was drafted ahead of him, Christian Watson. It doesn't count when the guy's not on the field. Sure it counts. He's putting up better stats. I, I'm still holding out hope for Christian Watson, but currently, right now, I would take Dobbs over Watson. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's just the just facts right there. And Watson hasn't really shown as much. If anything, in a lot of people's eyes. So I think we've said it a couple of times. Uh, Watson's career might be chalked because of the first pass he dropped. I mean, today Dobbs didn't do anything. He got four targets and no catches. I thought he'd have a decent day against the Commanders. The Packers even lost the damn game. You can see more Aaron Rodgers mid-season retirement talks coming up here All soon. Game. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. But I'm very. I'm a Romeo. Dobbs fan. I take him in DFS probably last three weeks straight and hoping that that big game comes and it hasn't. Right. The Packers aren't looking too hot. They got yeah, the Alizard's back and Sammy Watkins came back today, I believe, so today wasn't the best day to have any Dobbs. But I thought he was building a nice little rapport with Aaron Rodgers. I expected more out of him so far. Yeah, out of the, I mean, obviously, out of the rookie wide receivers they have there, I feel like he has the best rapport with Rodgers. He's, uh, Rodgers just looks confident when 
he's throwing him the ball, no second thoughts when he's, you know, reading his progressions. Uh, I've seen Aaron Rodgers not throw the ball to Christian Watson because he just doesn't trust him. You know what I mean? So, right. I just, I like Dobbs. Being worried in the second round, mid-second, I'll go ahead and take a shot on James Cook. Why not? Thought he was going to be something. I took him in the late first of a couple drafts, actually. So far, just goose egg in it. Can barely get on the field, which is unfortunate for him, given he's up against Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. But, hey, he's not dead yet. No, I don't think he's dead. I just think the hype around him was uh, blown out of proportion a little bit. Uh, granted, he's a, a should be a PPR machine, and being in a high-powered offense has the Bills. You would hope that he would have, uh, you know, boomed at least once already. He has not. But I think it's a good pick here. Well, I was hoping, you know, he came out first touch, fumbled the ball. Cream Hunt did that, and Cream Hunt was pretty damn good. And I was hoping he's on the same trajectory. Unfortunately, he showed that he is not even on the same fucking spectrum. Right. So that sucks. But, again, he's on a very good offense. That's what we want. So, maybe next season we'll see a lot more James Cook. I'm not sure if Zach Moss and Devin Singletary's contract situations at the moment. But I feel like they're coming to an end the year next year, year after that maybe. So, maybe he will be the guy before too long. Singletary was picked before Moss, right? Like the year before, I believe? Yes, year before. Singletary's got one more year after this and then Zach Moss the year after that. And so if that's the case, we could see some James Cook next year. I think we will. I don't think they're going to just waste a second-round pick like that and throw him away after one year. I mean, if Singletary and Zach Moss are doing what you want them to do, do you guess you really have no reason to play him? So, Right. I mean, then you can make the argument that it was a waste pick for the Bills. You know, I mean, they spent significant draft capital on him for a reason. Um, I think long-term play, he is the way to go. He might not produce much this year, if at all, but moving forward, I think he's a long-term play. I'm right there with you, my friend. But it looks like you were back on the clock at 2.07. What are you thinking? At 2.07, I think I might have to take another one of your guys that you really like, Malik Willis. Malik Willis, that, mm, that hurts. I was planning to get him with the last pick, hopefully. I didn't think either of us would take him the mid-second. He wasn't even going in the mid-second rookie drafts. Well, you've kind of talked him up to me. I'm a, I wouldn't necessarily say a believer, but in a super flex setting, I think this is a, a decent value pick. Um, Ryan Tannehill also got hurt today. May, I mean, I know he came back, but who's to say? It could happen again if he doesn't come back. I know for me, I'm going out and trying to buy me some Malik Willis before their next game. I want Malik anyways, but I don't want to have to pay the tax on him if Tannehill gets hurt. Right. Uh, he will. The starter tax that he'll automatically get. Mm-hmm. I think next season he will definitely be the. He'll be taxed at that bracket. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He'll go through training camp and make some highlights and preseason again. It'll just go up way too much to where. It won't even be worth it. Yeah, Vrabel's coach speak will be like, oh, he passes nine day better. He's finally looking to pass the ball. Yeah. You got that one, he's that work year out of the way. He's so good now. Right. He's got that rushing upside that we always talk about. So I think here, mid, late second, mid second's a good, a decent price for him. Yeah, can't be mad at it. But I'll go ahead and 
maybe reach again. I'll take David Bell. Cleveland Browns. I know he hasn't shown us a whole hell of a lot so far this season. But he was at one point a top three receiver in the class for me. Obviously he fell significantly. But I think he still has a pretty decent future ahead of him. Wide receiver three, four. Someone you can plug in your lineup. Or if you play best ball, I think he's going to have some boom weeks. I absolutely agree with you. Um, Same thing. Yeah, having a wide receiver three or four. Um, He's definitely fallen. I think that he has the ability to be the guy we hoped Donovan Peoples-Jones was going to be in Cleveland. Um, I've got a few shares of him. I don't expect anything from him this year. Probably not for a decent bit next year. Um, I think it's hard to gauge him, too, because he's playing with Jacoby Brissett. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, Deshaun Watson's going to start, what, week 12, coming back against the Texans because he's on 11-game suspension. Um, He's obviously probably not going to have much rapport or chemistry with any of these wide receivers. Um, So give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Give him a season, at least a half a season, to see what he can do with a a top-tier quarterback. I'm fine taking a dart on this late with warp and all that good stuff floating around. I'm okay with it. Absolutely. So you are up next, of course. What are you thinking right now? Honestly, right now, I'm thinking Tyquan Thornton. That's a sneaky pick. I don't don't mind it. I've been trying to acquire some Tyquan myself the last few weeks before he, he did have... He was... One of our DFT rookies of the week, along with his quarterback, Bailey Zappi, last week. He had about 21 PPR points and two tutties. Very efficient for the touches he got, so it would be nice to see him grow into an expanded role in that offense. Obviously, they drafted him in the second round for a reason. Right. I Personally, I think his ceiling is like a low to mid-end wide receiver two. He's not going to, I don't think he'll ever be a wide receiver one. Um, but he is a weapon for Mac Jones which is good to hear, and they don't have many of them down or up there in New England. Um, like you said, went off for like 21 last week. Um, we'll see how he does against the Bears, also a, a weaker defense. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think here um, it's just another one of them good value picks. Can't argue with you there. I'm pretty high on Taekwon right now. Big playability. I will, I'd love to have some shares of him. I don't currently, and... From what I've tried to negotiate, people are wanting a second-round pick at least, and I think that's just a little bit too high, even though you are drafting him here in the second round. I'd yeah, be more comfortable with the third and something small. Right. I, I agree that a 23 second is high for him, considering he hadn't really done anything yet and he just came off injury. So I, I take him here because I like him and he's got upside. I wouldn't give a second for him, though. I'm going to go ahead and take some more upside and take my guy Christian Watson. I guess self-explanatory. Still paired with Aaron Rodgers. Freak athlete. Runs like a gazelle. Yeah, big playability. He's shown it a couple times. Just hasn't hauled it in, unfortunately. So, late second. Looking for that pure upside, and he's got it. I think it's a... Another one of them great value picks here because I saw him go in early or early second, late first in a lot of drafts. So obviously his value is down, um, but if you're still high on him, it's, that's a good pick here. 
You're going to be mad at me over this one. I know it already. Mm, that's quarterback, huh? No. No. No? Uh-oh. Oh, tight end premium. Mm. Isaiah Likely. Yep, yep. Tight end one, baby. Yeah, you, uh, another one of them guys that you, you put me on to. Um, you know, doesn't, he doesn't meet the RAS scores and all that stuff, does he? People, he does not. But so, you know. The, passes the eye test on the field to me. He's, yeah, he's another one guys that can fucking play. Um, he had a hell of a game in the preseason, and I've basically loved him since. Uh, his biggest problem is he's behind Mark Andrews. Yeah. Can't beat you up too much for that pick. This late, tight end premium. I've said it time and time was, again on this podcast. He was also Kelsey's breakout tight end this year, he said. So yeah, that is true too. And I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to the guy who actually plays the game at a professional level. I'm with you on that one, and you know my romance for Travis Kelsey, so if he says he's good, book it. Right. But I'm I'm torn here on two players for the last pick of our mock. One of them Ritter. One of them is Ritter, because I think he's going to get his chance. And I think he's going to show he can be a starter as well. And Isaiah Spiller. I really love the kid's talent still. He hasn't got much of an opportunity. He's got one carry for negative five yards on the year. So he's done less than jack shit. Yeah, but, but he's, he's also behind Eckler. So. And he is very talented. So I'm torn here, but super flex. And given I think Ritter's going to be the starter at some point in next season, I'll go ahead and close it out with Desmond Ritter since you took my Malik Willis. I can dig it, man. I mean, this is these aren't correlated to teams. It's just, you know, this is where we're going. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Isaiah Spiller is going to be a long-term play. I think we were going more for guys that are – I think Austin Eckler's still around next year. So Spiller might get a little bit of – you know, PT next year, a lot more so than this year because he's obviously not getting any this year. Um, I could easily say Desmond Ritter starting in three, four weeks. Yeah, so the honorary 301 would have been Isaiah Spiller. But that'll do it for this week on DFT, mock draft, rookie redo. Sorry, I stumbled over my damn words at the end of the show. Our first rookie redo 2020 mock draft, probably be the only one we do. Might do one at the end of the season or something, but I definitely see the value changes compared to when we did our rookie drafts right after the NFL draft, or most of ours are over Memorial Day weekend, over that long weekend we do it. So values have really fluctuated since then, outside of a few players, two or three. I mean, Brees and KW were mostly in the top three, and then Drake London was top Top five, five. so he's risen. And Traylon Burks was top six. So, I mean... Other than that... The top six are fairly similar, but after that, it's... Alave climbed... A lot. Significantly. So... In most drafts of mine, he was late first, early second. We love mock drafting. It's always a nice exercise to do to see where you're at. And like this, it opened my eyes to a couple different things that I'm going to go out there and either try to buy or sell a player. So, that'll be nice to... Have some new challenges and goals in mind. But that'll do it for this week's episode. Hopefully you guys win your fantasy matchups this week. I know we're going to get off here and go check ours and see what happened. And again, if you're a best ball player for Dynasty and you played for you know a season or two, hit us up on the good old tweeter 
let us know your experience and if you actually think it is better than lineup or how you feel about that conversation. You can find me, Paul, on Twitter at GUMP7285. Derek, D underscore KOCH93. And the podcast at DFT Podcast. Hit us up at all or any of those and we'll respond back and see what kind of feedback we can give through this. And maybe, who knows, we'll turn into a little bit more best ball players next season. But you never know. Always down to try new things. So hopefully you'll be listening in again next week and have a good week. Looking forward to next week's of NFL football and when it's more money in DFS. See ya.